Welcome to the Real Estate Influencer Buzz Podcast with Michelle B, a midlife mama of millennials, wife, South Florida realtor, marketer, lifestyle blogger, and fan of an oaky Chardonnay who loves a niche life. Each week, she'll be sharing her real-life marketing and branding tips from influencers in and out of real estate, bloggers, and social media stars. Buckle up for a side of sassy, a sprinkle of sparkly, and entertaining conversations with influencers who share their secrets to grow their businesses. Sit back and get comfy with your favorite drink. Let's start today's Sip Social Self Sesh. Thank you for joining me tonight on the Real Estate Influencer Buzz. Tonight, I have a great guest. You may or may not know her, but you probably do because we all know her as Jen's Trends on Instagram. I have Jen Herman with me tonight, and I am so, so well, tickled Boca Pink that you said yes, even though we scheduled this. And to my fault, I had to reschedule this a couple of times. But I so thank you. You're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. Daylight savings, so I have some nice light still in my office. Thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, I'm so excited. I was thrilled that you asked me. I mean, we've been connected on Instagram, obviously, for a while, and you always comment, and we're always chit-chatting, and when you asked, I was like, heck yeah, I'll be on. Like, I didn't even know you had a podcast. Yes, bring me on. I have a podcast, yes, and hopefully, moving forward, this will be one of the better ones that I've done now that, as I just mentioned you, I went to PodFest 2019 in Orlando, and it was a complete game changer, so... Anyway, so I've got Jen on. She's going to be talking all things Instagram and a few other things I noticed because I was reading her about section on her bio. Um, but one of the things that you and I have in common is Oh Canada. <laughs> I didn't, you're Canadian too? Yes, ma'am. Dang, girl. Okay, so where are you from? Vancouver. Oh my gosh. And wait for it, Calgary and London, Ontario. Shut the front door. Yeah. I saw that in your bio. I'm like, how did I not know that? Oh my God. So yeah. So for your audience listening, I was born in Northern Alberta, six hours North of Calgary, lived in Ottawa, Ontario, and then consider Victoria BC to be home, which is obviously super close to Vancouver. And that's where I went to high school. I went to university of Victoria before I moved to California. So that's crazy. I know, really crazy. And then I went to college in the United States as well. Okay, fun. So there you go. So we have, we have, see, you just never know who you're going to meet and on, on, on social media and Instagram in this case, which is my favorite jam right now. And, and what you're going to find out. And the bottom line is Jen is amazing at Instagram and a few other social media things. She's a speaker. She's a mom. She's a kick-ass woman in business. <laughs> Highly respected. And, um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm really thrilled that you're on the show tonight because for my audience, which is, I've said to you, real estate agents, a lot of women uh, as well, and entrepreneurs, you know, we know Instagram is not the easiest platform, but you have made it so refreshing Hmm. for people to understand it. Uh, You jump in when there's a lot of noise with it. And I think that's really important. So um, I've got a few questions for you, but I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what's been going on in Jen's Trends World uh, for the people that may not be following you yet, because they will be after this podcast. (laughs) They better after this. So there you go. (laughs) Well, and I, I genuinely thank you. That was so nice of you to say, and I'm glad that, you know, you 
feel like I bring that sort of clarity to the world of Instagram because it is one of those things where people either think it's super complicated or super easy and neither one is really true. Um, people say to me all the time, how hard is it to post Instagram? You upload a photo. Like, how do you make money, you know, teaching people? I'm like, I wish it was as easy as uploading a photo. It's, it's, yeah. there's much more strategy. There's a lot of content that goes into these things. And in the same turn, if you're thinking about it the right way, it doesn't have to be that hard. And I, one of the biggest things is when people come to me and they say, Oh, Instagram just didn't work for me. And I'm like, no, no. What did you do? Like, show me what you did. Because most of the time it's little mistakes that accumulate to just not getting their content in front of the right people or not being able to get their content out there in a way that appeals to the right audience. And then they say, Oh, it just didn't work for me. So that is what I love to do. And the fact that you see that and recognize that I'm making it, you know, clear for people and easier for people to be successful. That means the world to me. Um, in my world, everything that's going on right now, I'm currently ramping up for social media marketing worlds, um, which is literally next week. And I'm yeah, really right not down ready. The street from you, right? What's that? <laughs> right down the street from you. Yeah, it's here in San Diego. So I, I get a hotel and stay downtown just to make my life easier rather than coming right. up to North County. But it's right here in San Diego, which makes my life easy. Uh, so I'm getting ready for that. I'm currently working on Instagram for dummies. So the first book was Instagram for business for dummies came out in 2018. And now we're writing Instagram for dummies. So those are the two really big things I've got going on right now. Of course, I've got, you know, lots of other little things um, going on, but you can always stay on top of everything either on Instagram at Jen's underscore trends. It's Jen with two N's um, or Jen'sTrends.com where I always, you know, have all the links to things that are going on in my world and blog posts and all that. <coughs> Yeah. And I saw your website's really cool. You've got some great stuff. She's got a, I love your one blog post about if social media was a martini. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I wrote that one so long ago, but I still, that one will pop up every now and then. I'm like, I love that one. <laughs> okay. So fun fact, I, um, <clears throat> sorry, I wrote a blog post and it was a long time ago. If my dogs were realtors. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had three dogs at the time and I was like, oh my God. So I get that. And I was like, oh, that's clever. I like that. And I'm thinking Cosmo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I'm, I'm a raspberry martini girl over here. I'm oh, all there you go. I, I, I've had a couple of good Cosmos lately and I'll tell you, they were, they were really refreshing and yeah. well needed at the time. Nice. Um, you know, I named my podcast, of course, being the true Aries girl that I am, I jump in at like point number four. And then I go back and I'm like, Oh my God, like doing my podcast, which totally like rocked my world this weekend. Now I'm like, Oh, there's actually a format I should follow. <laughs> um, okay. That's fine. I'm an implementer. But with that being said, I named my podcast, the real estate influencer buzz. So I like to ask my guests, what does influence mean to you? I'm curious. Everybody has a different take on it. And so I'm curious, what does that mean to you? So I'm one of these people, and of course I get asked about influencer marketing all the time because of the Instagram space being a very big um, platform for influencers. Um, my whole thing is honestly, I tell people all the time, I'm like, influence is just being able to change somebody's opinion. Um, and that can be in the smallest of ways. And one of the examples I always use is a mommy example. And that is, if you're looking to buy a new car, 
who do you go ask? You go ask the other mommies in your life. You're not going to go and ask a celebrity. You're not going to go and ask, you know, the brands. You're not going to go talk to Toyota and Acura and, you know, Subaru and all the different, they're, they're going to tell you theirs is the best. You're going to go talk to the mommies who use their cars every single day and say, I bought this car because, or I don't like that this car doesn't include this. And you're going to make an educated decision based on the influence of those people telling you their opinion. And that's where a lot of times influence is much more on a micro level than a macro level. So it's your close community. It's your friends, your family, the people you go to work and see every single day at the park or at the school or wherever it is you hang out. That's influence. Just because somebody has a million followers on any social media platform and says, use this, Sure, that's an impact of influence, but to me, that is not as influential as somebody who means something more to you. Um, And I feel like we're seeing that shift in social media, that we're seeing more of the micro-influencer process and less of that macro-influencer, and brands want to work with those niche industries and those people that have 10,000 followers, not 10 million followers, because those people with the smaller audiences have more influence in the sense of being able to be more listened to. And they're not usually selling out in the capacity of just, Oh, here's a product that I'm being paid to talk about. Instead, they actually have genuine opinions on things. Right. And so if someone is genuinely interested in building their audience, whether it's a realtor or um, an entrepreneur or, and I'm going to sneeze here. (laughs) I haven't been in my office all Bless day. There's something in my office. Excuse me. Um, who knows? But uh, I have two Instagram accounts. So one is for my lifestyle uh, brand mm-hmm. called hashtag Soboka. And um, they're, they're growing nicely, creeping up towards that 10,000 mark. Uh, I like the micro influencer piece. And I agree with you when I want to, for example, I'm hashtag over 50. So I network on Instagram uh, with other women who are in that arena because our needs are a little different than someone who is hashtag, you know, over 30, (laughs) you know, like I've got millennials, my girls are millennials. So, um, so I get that. And, and so I don't, I'm not looking for a big following, but I'm looking for a good opinion and, and, um, you know, authenticity. Well, the thing too, one of the things I always tell my clients and people that ask me this question about their follower counts, and this is really something that I want the real estate listeners to pay attention to. How many clients do you have? If you have 50 clients, why would you have 10,000 followers on Instagram or 5,000 Facebook fans? If you can only sell so many houses in your neighborhood, if you can only have so many clients, why would you expect to have tens of thousands of people following you on social media? They're irrelevant to your business. Instead, have 500, have 1,000, have 3,000, whatever that number is of people who genuinely respect you for what you do and who are going to have an impact on your business, whether it's telling their friends about you, whether it's actually having you buy or sell their home for them. But People get so caught up in that vanity metric of saying, oh, well, I have to be popular on social media, but no, because you're spending your time trying to chase something that's irrelevant to the actual ROI of that social media platform to your business. I agree with you. And I'm just going to be like silent for a minute because (laughs) I agree with you. And I think that, um, 
there are circumstances where, you know, you want to grow um, a following. Uh, like for my blog, for example, that's yes. a little bit of a different scenario than my sphere of influence in real estate, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's brilliant advice because I see people trying to do that. And honestly, like I don't have a Facebook like groups and stuff like that. I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> I know people do really well with them, but that's not for me. And I, I'd rather just focus on reaching out to my customers um, a few every day, whether it's a text or an IM or some, sometimes mine are on Instagram, but I have to be honest with you. Most of my real estate buyers and sellers are not on Instagram. Yeah. They're just not, that's not where they hang out. They hang out on Facebook. And that's knowing that's, your audience, you know, yeah. and there are going to be some people that depending, and this is where, again, I always tell people, you need to know who your target audience is and where they hang out. And I can tell you all day that Instagram is amazing, but if your audience isn't on Instagram, then you don't need to be on Instagram. And if your audience are the millennial home buyers and sellers, you want to be on Instagram. If you're selling and, and helping people buy homes in 55 plus communities, Instagram, probably not your biggest forte. You're going to want more of the Facebook audience. And you need to know that so that you can put your content, put your energy, put your time into the places where your audience is and where you can actually connect with them in a way that they relate to you. I agree. So let's, let's talk about IGTV a little bit too. Yeah. Because when I sent my email over to you, I was like, I'd really like to talk about this. One. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, Instagram 101 out there. That's great. But I really think the burning question is IGTV, how to use it and leverage it. Whether you are a real estate agent or a real estate coach, because I'm friends with a lot of, you know, coaches and trainers and speakers mm -hmm. in my realm. And what the benefit is, because they've made some interesting tweaks lately. They have. And I kind of like it. So why don't you uh, share with my... Um, my audience a little bit yeah. about your takeaway on IGTV and, and uh, why people might want to circle back. Yeah. So when IGTV launched last year, of course it was the whole fanfare. It was this whole big thing. Everyone started creating videos and then bloop, it drops off and people stop, you know, rushing around to, right. to create content. That's totally normal. These things usually happen when platforms release something new. That being said, IGTV had a struggle regaining any of that momentum. From day one, I said they need to do a better job of integration. They're two completely separate platforms. Stories and, and Instagram are separate, but they're all built within the same app, so it kind of works. IGTV really is like this separate standalone app, even though you can kind of get to it from Instagram, but there just wasn't enough integration for the everyday user. So they've adjusted that now. So as of in the last like less than a month, they've started allowing a one minute preview of your IGTV videos to show up in the feed of your followers, which means if you go and create an IGTV video, that one minute preview goes to your profile. Anybody who's following you will see that wherever it ranks in their algorithmic sort, and they get to see one minute of that video. Then they can tap through to watch the rest of the video, taking them directly to IGTV to watch the rest of the video. This has been huge for conversions and views. I have people that I know that use IGTV regularly and have been creating content since day one back in June of 2018. And they were getting a few hundred views 
up until last month, now they're getting tens of thousands of views because now their audience, and they have tens of thousands of followers to start with, but they're getting in front of that audience and they're seeing the content and then tapping through and watching those and they're getting the views, they're getting the interactions that is what we want. So huge changes. Um, strategically, that means changes as well. Strategically, you need to think about what's in that first minute of your IGTV video, because that's what everyone's going to see. How are you capitalizing on that audience in that first minute to get them to want to click through and watch the whole video? Don't ramble and drone on and on about a bunch of nothingness where it doesn't seem to get to any content value because no one's going to tap through. You have to do that delivery right up front that gets them to say, I need to know more. I need to watch the rest of this video and realize that there, you know, you don't have control over that. It's the first minute of your video that goes into the preview. So Think about your intro. Think about how you start those videos. It's not a live video. Don't start rambling. Jump right in. Who are you? Why are you here? What are you talking about in this video? Give them that context. Start giving value. You'll get those click-throughs. Um, now, that. in terms of IGTV content, um, one thing I always stress, and this is something that I think people need to be really aware of, is when they get to your IGTV channel, everything auto plays through one video to the next video to the next video. So if you capture their attention with this, you know, bomb ass video and it's super amazing and they're like, wow, this, you know, this realtor is a genius. And then the next video is a bunch of outtakes and goofiness and unrelated content. It's like scratch that record backwards and jump off the train. They, they're going to bounce and they're not going to come back. You will lose them immediately. So you want to think strategically about the content in your channel. Everything auto plays through is one. Keep all your content in the same genre and type of content. If you're going educational, make it all educational. If you're going entertainment, make it all entertainment. Don't go back and forth because right now you cannot separate out that content. And if people like you for one thing, that's what they're going to want more of. I agree with you. I think that's brilliant advice too, because I noticed that too, that it was auto playing through yeah. and I have my YouTube channel, but I have my YouTube videos that aren't uh, formatted yet. So I, I've been experimenting a little bit with information about my area and, um, and I love the preview in the feed. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Interesting though. There's really nothing under like a normal post. It's just right. that like, first little bit. So I think the other thing is being thoughtful about what your title is to mm -hmm. the IGTV video. I, I think there's going to be some great opportunities with that. And that's the thing. I mean, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook for the, if anybody didn't know that, they're, they've put money behind IGTV. They have big plans for IGTV that us minions of the world have no concept of where they're right. taking this. And they're not going to launch this and put this much work into it just to turn around and be like, eh, hands up, didn't work. <laughs> they're, they're putting money into this. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> successful. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to figure out how to make it successful. But I've been telling people since, you know, the whole like 2019 predictions started, you know, late last year, I said, IGTV, I'm like, it's going to hit this year. You guys, it had yeah. a slow start. It had a bumpy start, start ramping it up, start thinking long-term because it's always one of those things where, you know, you wait and you wait and you wait and then you go, oh man, I should have started this last month, last year. And now you're playing catch up and, you know, just getting in there, just get started, create a couple of videos, just 
create one a month, whatever it is, start building up content. So your audience gets used to it. So you get familiar with it because it is different. It's vertical video. It's not horizontal video. There's, you know, time restrictions, there's upload options, whether it's desktop or mobile, there's some things to factor in that you want to be aware of and you want to get used to that. So you can build up that momentum, build up that foundation. And then when everybody else finally goes, Oh, I should have been on IGTV. You already have the foundation. You already have traction with your audience and you're not fighting to catch up in six months or a year from now. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. I started a flash briefing with Lexi, Mm -hmm. uh, really hardcore in November. And it's the same concept. It's like, I was all in with, I'm all in with voice as well. I love video too, but I'm all in with voice because it's very untapped still. So I started with my flash briefings and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, because it's going to all of a sudden, like you said, with IGTV, this stuff all of a sudden is going to go boom. And I'm going to tell you, I was teaching Facebook to real estate agents in 2008 and nine, right after it came out. And I stopped doing it because life circumstances got in the way. I found a bunch of my old files about six months ago. And I was like, oh my God, and I just stuck with it. So stuck with me. I'm like, oh my God. Um, for realtors, what are some tips that you could give agents on best use of IGTV starting next week or this week? Like three things or so maybe that they could start really using it for because it's long, it's meaty. We do listing videos. We do behind the scenes videos. What would you share with agents about IGTV? I would honestly say, I mean, and it's always hard and you know, the challenge for agents is, you know, if you show a listing video, once the house is sold, that video is irrelevant to you. It doesn't have longevity in terms of your, your brand and your channel. So I usually tell people, don't even worry about your listing videos. That, like, mm-hmm. That's a Facebook post, like, hey, we have an open house coming up in two weeks. Like, here's the videos, here's the photos. Great. That's one thing. Instead, I would like to see you set up yourself as more of an expert in your neighborhood. So do videos that talk about upcoming events, do things that talk about what's going on in your community, things that are in the local news, things that are going on in the school district. Be that type of resource of what's constantly going on and create that almost like group mentality where people want to hang out with you because you know everything that's going on in that neighborhood. And your neighborhood could be, you know, a couple square miles. It could be way bigger than that. But whatever that is, start doing that and create those videos. Go out and film in the local parks. Go out and film at the local shopping centers. Go out and, you know, talk about the fact that how is this weather impacting you and how to prepare for the, you know, here, I mean, I'm in San Diego. We don't do rain. And we've had probably the rainiest year I've ever known in the 15 years I've lived in San Diego. Like I come from the Pacific Northwest. I know rain, but we're built for rain. So giving people tips and advice on how to, you know, check for leaks, how to, you know, get sandbags. Like these are things that I'm like, as a person in the neighborhood, that means something to me. So when you create that resource type content, now you're a destination for your audience and it doesn't have to be boring and monotonous. You can have fun with it. You can have, you know, kids be a part of the videos. You can, if you're a like comedian type person, make it comedic, but make it value added in the, in that sort of content. So don't think about just the fact that you're selling the homes or trying to get buyers and sellers to work with you. Instead, give them a reason to 
be a part of your network and your community. And when it comes time for them to buy or sell, you're the only person they're going to think of because they've been learning from you every single week. So it's similar to really with YouTube, Mm -hmm. you do these sorts of digital mayor, evergreen, buyer tips, seller tips, behind the scenes tips, staging tips, uh, home inspection tips. Just realistically, you could repurpose your videos. I would imagine. I don't you could. So one of the challenges is if you filmed videos for YouTube, you filmed them in landscape mode. True. That's and true. Because vertical video is the only option on IGTV, you end up with like oh. the big black bar above and below and this like really stretched out little landscape right. video across the middle. So what you can do is if you can find a, there's some video editing software out there. I'm not sure which one, so don't ask me, but you could actually then turn your landscape video and rotate it 90 degrees so it's actually recorded now as a vertical video that when they then turn their camera and it's not going to auto rotate in IGTV and then they could actually watch it landscape mode Um, or record the videos in vertical mode on IGTV save the raw file and then upload that to YouTube realizing it's going to upload to YouTube as a vertical video not a landscape but that's not as faux pas as trying to squish a landscape video into a vertical video. So yes, absolutely. You can repurpose those videos. Um, Other things that you can do is do some cross promotion type things. So do a two to three minute video on IGTV and then say for more tips on this, go to our YouTube channel and then you can put the link to the YouTube channel in the description of your IGTV video, which now the IGTV video is a kind of lead gen to your YouTube channel where you have 10 more videos on that topic. So you can kind of use it as, you know, a cross promotion between things. And then of course, now you have the video that showed up in your Instagram feeds. So now your Instagram people are going to see the video. They're going to watch the whole thing over on IGTV. Now they're going to go to your YouTube channel. You're purposing them across all of these different landscapes and being able to touch them and whether that's repurposing, targeting for ads, any of those sorts of things, you start being able to get that traffic in all the different places. Yeah, and I think the one thing that a lot of people still don't know is you actually have a workable link yes. in the description of IGTV. And also, if you do a DM to someone on Instagram, you actually have the links, which yep. is cool. Now, what I like what you're saying is, because I do have a uh, YouTube channel, is the SEO piece for YouTube if I send someone over to move to Boca Raton which I have a video on there that's gotten a huge amount of views on it because I'm, I obviously did something right. <laughs> Not with all my videos, but that one, yes. <laughs> Good. So that's, that's really cool. I mean, the other thing I was going to ask you, because people get very concerned too about their bios and what they should have in their bios on Instagram. Uh, how many hashtags should someone have in their bio? Like, you know, can you give us just a couple of tips on a kick-ass bio? So the first thing people need to understand is the bio is your elevator pitch. That's your 30 second kind of, you know, quick spiel about who you are, why you're awesome and why they should follow you. So it's really not about you as the brand. It's about your customer. It's about the audience who's finding you because most people who read that bio are only reading it the first time they ever come to your profile. Most of the time after that, they're never going to read your bio again. Once they're following you, they don't care about the bio. So your bio needs to be a good example of who you are and why it matters to them. Um, one of my favorite realtors is Jill A. Boudreaux. It's J-I-L-L. Jill. 
Yeah, Boudreaux, B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U. And she has a great bio. It adds a ton of personality to who she is as a human being. It talks about her skill set and that she's a great realtor, but it's not that and that that's it. It's about her and she's done marathons and skydives and being a family woman and all these sorts of things that tie in and make you immediately connect with her. She has a great example of a bio for a realtor. When it comes to hashtags, the only hashtag that should ever be in your bio is your own branded hashtag. So for example, I use hashtag Jen's Trends. If you were doing something like hashtag, yeah, the so Boca or the move to Boca or something like that, put that hashtag in there, but you only want a hashtag that's going to go back to your content. Because if someone clicks on that hashtag, you don't want to send them to a whole bunch of other people's content that now they're lost in the depths of, you know, search engines and over an Instagram and they're going to forget all about you and not come back. So, and, and other realtors hashtags. Exactly. Realtors have hashtags. So you have to really come up with something that's unique to you. Yes. That and it has sense. to be, yeah, your branded hashtag that your customers are using, that you're using, that has more content related to that. If you don't have that hashtag, do not use a hashtag in your bio. Hashtags in there are not, they're not going to help you show up in search. None of the bio is searchable, meaning don't go keyword stuffing because it doesn't matter. The only searchable criteria on Instagram are the name and the username. So you want to have something that says, you know, realtor or real estate agent in the name most likely, um, and, or the username, not in, you can put it in the bio, but it's wasted space. So if you instead had, you know, Jen Herman, you know, Boca real estate or Boca realtor, something like that, then if someone's looking for that, they're going to find me because that search is in the name field. Why put that down now in the bio and waste all of those characters Mm -hmm. that I could be using to tell more about who I am, what I do, that sort of value add to the audience. Got it. So I have a question for you in regard to, uh, because you've done so much with Instagram and, and blogging and social media, how, how has Instagram, I'm going to just be specific with that. How has that changed your life? Oh my God. It's transformed my life. Um, and I mean that not just because my life revolves around Instagram, but I have one of my really good friends I met on an Instagram post and like literally maybe five years ago, five and a half years ago. Um, and she lived in Manhattan and had posted a photo of fireworks and I commented on it. And then we ended up working in a blogging collective together and we now refer clients to each other. And I literally stay at her house when I go back East and like with her and her husband and all because of an Instagram post. It's not just the fact that you know, Instagram from a business perspective has changed Mm -hmm. my life, which it has, but on that personal perspective and being able to connect with people. And for me, even on that business side, I have, you know, fans, if you want to call them that, you know, in quotations that found me on Instagram, but that are now dear friends. And we talk regularly and it's because you build these relationships on Facebook, you know, in a certain way there's, there's friendships, but then on Instagram, it's a different level of community involvement than you get like on a Facebook type interaction. And I feel like Instagram really gives you a whole new depth and it's built for community development. And as a brand, it's transformational in terms of how you can really get out there and connect with real people. I've said the same thing that I like Facebook, but I spend more time on Instagram. I have a better sense of community on my channels and I enjoy it more, I think, 
than Facebook now. Back in the day, Facebook was awesome. Yeah. But it's gotten kind of weird. And whereas I, I'm building a business, I'm building relationships, mm -hmm. I, and, and businesses can see what you're doing, what I'm doing. And if they want to collaborate, which is part of my business model with hashtag Soboka and with real estate now, you yeah. know, because I've got a nice thing going with both of my accounts that businesses can actually see, okay, this is what she's got going on. She's got good content, uh, authentic, good engagement. And that's really what the end game is with this. But the relationships I'm making with people are amazing. It's, and that's just it. It's, it's literally transformational. And it, it sounds so cliche to say that, but the reality is on Facebook, you get a lot of lurkers. You get the people who might read your things and may click on links, but they may not engage publicly. They're not going to like it or leave a comment oh, exactly. in any sort of public facing way. So you don't get that relationship with them. But on Instagram, people are liking everything. So you're, they're always showing up in your notifications and you get to recognize yeah. those usernames. They're leaving comments. They're sending you DMs. They're replying to your stories, which goes into a DM. And once you're in a DM with somebody, it just takes relationship marketing to a whole new level yeah. because now that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation that no one else is privy to yeah. all because they reacted to your story or yeah. you, you know, you replied to your IGTV videos or, or whatever it is that now you have this dialogue that just surpasses what you get in a public forum on most social media. Oh, totally agree with you. And I think, I think it's, and, and going back to what we started with, which is Instagram can be hard or it can be easy. I think at the end of the day, it, it's a strategy and mm -hmm. it is a little, it's not Facebook. So it's hard to compare. This it's to not. <laughs> I can give people one like quotable, like Instagram is not Facebook. It's not Facebook. And I go, it's, and I, I do some, you know, teaching realtors down here about using Instagram and their business and they're, they're very overwhelmed with it. But I think part of the problem is going back to one of the things that you also said, which is here's how you can use it is, <clears throat> you know, they're being told they need to be on all these platforms. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I, I'll go like, well, why do you want to be on Instagram? And they're like, because someone told me I have to be on. Yes. But <laughs> someone's like, going to no. tell you you need to be on Snapchat. Someone's going to tell you you need to be on Pinterest. Someone's going to tell you you need to be on TikTok. Like, there's, everyone's going to have whatever they want to tell you. And the reality is you just need to be where your audience is and what you can manage. And most real estate agents are doing this solo. I mean, they may have like an assistant or a small team, but most of you are doing this on your own and managing a significant amount of social media is a full-time job in and of itself. So unless you're lucky enough to hire a VA or an assistant who can help you with your social media, it's completely irresponsible to think that you can be on five platforms, creating content consistently, actively engaging your audience. That's not realistic. So don't put that unfair burden on yourself. And I think circling back to pick the ones that work for you where your yep. audience is and make sure you're building your email list because at some, at some point you never know when there's going to be a glitch or you're shut out yep. or maybe someone hacks your account or something like that. Um, I mentioned to you, I went to a podcast convention, yep. I read your bio and I know that you're all into like forensic science and biology. <laughs> You've got like an inner geek going too. So my inner geek was in full form at this podcast convention. And so I have to ask you, do you listen to podcasts? 
I do not. Okay. I, I'm like this, I'm the horrible person. So I no, am no, not, no, 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 it's just, I'm not an auditory learner. I am, I'm kinesthetic and I'm visual. So auditory for me is extremely hard. I have to take notes if I'm listening to something in order for it to actually be retained knowledge. And I am notorious for tuning things out. I'm also incredibly impatient. So listening to audio where I'm like, get to the point. And I feel like I'm, I will literally watch videos and I jump through at like 30 second intervals until I get to the content I actually want. And then I'll play it back and listen to it. So I'm incredibly impatient and I'm horrible when it comes to listening to audio things that I just, I'm just not a podcast listener yet. I go on podcasts. I record almost like one podcast a week as a guest. I love it. So, so you would rather watch a YouTube video or an IGTV video. Yes. What about Pinterest? Do you do Pinterest? Yeah. Okay. So Absolutely. there you go. That's funny. And the funny thing is I love to read, but my attention span is a little wonky. Mm. Uh, I think it happens too when you get older. <laughs> and so I listen to audible. All yeah, the time. there you go. And so podcasts I've listened to my, now my youngest daughter, she, um, she likes podcasts. She listens to some pretty good ones. Nice. Um, but she got me uh, started on lore. That was one. Okay. Kind of creepy, but good. Um, so I have one last question to ask you. And it's kind of a fun question. Okay. And then we'll wrap up our interview. So I appreciate your time today. So I, I know how I roll. So this is it. What is one thing other than your phone, your keys, and your computer that you do not leave your home without? So, I mean, it's, this, this is one of those ones where I was like, I, I was like, I was trying to think about this one because you did send me this one in advance. And I'm like, I really don't have it. So it would probably be sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, the and one then, thing I'm like, where's my sunglasses? Well, these days, it's been the umbrella. I'm like, where is the umbrella? Like I have an umbrella permanently in my car. Um, but no, honestly, it is one of those things. I'm, I'm one of those people that, I, I have like my big purse that has, you know, life's necessities in it, like as a mom and all those sorts of things. Um, but I have my smaller wallet and it's that wallet has like the necessities in life. And that's a lot of times that's all I'll just leave with that. And you know, whatever I'm wearing and just walk out the door. I don't like to take lots of things with me when I go out. And I have to admit being the mom and having like the diaper bag and all the stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm glad my kid's growing out of that diaper bag stage. Cause I'm like, now I don't need to haul this, you know, 40 pound bag with me everywhere That's I go. My excuse. I have so much crap in my bag. I will tell you the one thing that I don't leave without is a phone battery. I have multiple oh, yes. phone batteries. Um, and if you're ever with me, trust me and you need one. Yep. I, ha- I try and it is the go-to swag bag gift yes. that I want at an event. I will tackle your, oh my God, legit to that table. With and I'm, app. I'm with you on that one. You, if you see me at a conference, I literally have six backup chargers in my bag. Like yeah. because I will be live streaming. I'm uploading photos. I'm scrolling and I will go through that battery in a heartbeat. So yeah, I bring like six backup chargers every time I go to yeah. a conference. Well, we, we went to Europe last summer and I was in the airport store. I'm like, well, do I really need another battery? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting another battery, you know? And then I, I've got a collection now, like, and it's yes. in my kitchen behind a sign. So you can't see all the cords and there's all these cords lined up now. And this then there's little, little dinky ones, like in the swag bags, but they serve their little purpose, like little soldiers, you know, they die. Yeah. 
really quick. They give and you then, a quick you know, charge of what you need to get through the rest yeah. of, you know, that hour. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. But, you know, I really appreciate your time. I'm not going to ask you who your favorite Instagram person is because I don't want to put you on the spot. You can tell me <laughs> um, But tell everybody where they can find you. And you're also a national and global speaker. So you travel around. I've seen some of your live uh, streams of um, you speaking. Uh, if anybody is listening and eventually watching this, hire her because she's fantastic. I mean, yes, please hire me to come people. speak at your conferences. If you have real estate events and, and conferences going on, please hit a girl up um, at jenstrends.com. It's J-E-N-N-S trends.com. Um, and I have a speaker page there if you're interested in that. I also have, you know, all my blogs are there. Links to any relevant um, information about me is there. I'm on Instagram as jens underscore trends. So J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. The same thing on Twitter. Uh, and my Facebook group is Jen's Trends and Social Media, and you can hang out with me there. I do all breaking news about Instagram actually goes to the Facebook group first. Uh, that right. way I can actually get in there and we can talk about it as a group and everyone else can try it out. So we figure out the real details of that new feature. And then I post it on Instagram 12 to 24 hours later, once I have a better idea of how that new feature actually rolled out and whether it's got nuances and all that sort of stuff. So if you want breaking Instagram news, hit me up over on Facebook and the group Jen's Trends and social media. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I so appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank, yeah. you, thank you. You guys make sure you follow her. And like I said, you know, jenstrends.com. It's fantastic. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for everybody for listening today. And uh, we will see you soon. Once again, thanks for listening to the Real Estate Influencer Buzz podcast. I'm so happy that you can join me with such great guests. I mean, oh gosh, my aha moments. I'm constantly writing down notes while I'm doing my actual interview. Hey, if you want more inspirational, motivational, and educational pieces, feel free to uh, follow me at the Michelle B on Instagram. You can follow my YouTube channel under Michelle Belisari. And hey, follow us at sipsocialcell.com. I post the different webinars and events that I'm going to be either doing or I'm going to be speaking at. And I would love for you to attend some of my free trainings. I always have fun stuff that I'm doing, especially when it comes to uh, social media. Uh, voice marketing and riches in real estate niches. So thanks for joining in. If you like the podcast, feel free to give me a five-star review and share with some of your real estate friends. Hey, again, I love doing the SIP social sell sessions and I'm glad you could join us. Have a great day.